0: Bet you're fucked off.
1: <laughs> Why am I fucked off? It's
0: mask time again.
1: Oh, yeah, I hate masks. I, so having said that, my friend, uh, Pendo Mike, uh, told me that it's only, in, in the UK anyway, it's only in retail premises and on transport. So in pubs and bars, you don't need to have, wear a mask. You don't need to wear a mask anywhere else. I went to Tesco the other day and I'd forgotten to take one. And I sort of tried to kind of pull one. I tried to sort of pull my jumper up over my face and the, the, some woman at the entrance took pity on me and handed me a free mask. But it was rubbish because it broke.
0: Because of your big schnoz?
1: Possibly, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was breathing out. I was, I was coughing into it fearsomely. No, I wasn't. I was at a
0: Christmas I, I... thing yesterday and I leant over and said to the person next to me, bad mask technique. Because there was this person on my other side, this old dude who had his nose sticking out of the top of his mask. Yeah. You have to call it out.
1: I have BMT, to say, I
0: mean... BMT, bad mask technique.
1: If I have if I broke that mask with my nose, I imagine you must have broken a fair few masks. Not another nose
0: time. attack. <laughs>
1: nose. I was just doing
0: a yoga class and the yoga teacher had a much bigger schnoz.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay, fair play to you then. Although, I think, do you yours really is think not- it's big? Well, no, it's not that it's big and it doesn't, it, it, it's not sticking I have a out Semitic anymore. Nose. I feel like it's just getting longer in that dimension. <laughs> yours I feel is like long it's, in that
0: dimension. It, it's
1: getting closer to your top lip.
0: Maybe I'm turning into you because yours is practically resting on your top lip.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're I've being
0: got, horrible to me. I've got the
1: mustachio <laughs> section of my beard in the way.
0: <laughs> well, maybe that's
1: where I'm going wrong. <laughs> yeah when you, when you, when you stop shaving And you grow a moustache
0: Yeah As the menopause approaches Then <laughs> That yeah, will yeah, increase
1: hair, His hair sprouting Out of your chin
0: <laughs> I'm looking forward To embracing the crone
1: Oh god <laughs> <laughs> Hang on
0: Now I can't see Because the The microphone's in the way I want to have a look At my profile I'm certainly not Going to study my profile For hours Now you've been So unkind
1: <laughs> Why you treat me So unkind <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very rude person. My name is Ben Ando, and I'm a former BBC <laughs> journalist. And now I just do podcasts, and I run a tiny little company importing small collectibles, which I very much enjoy.
0: <laughs> you sounded very camp doing that.
1: I am very camp, you know. Yeah, that. You I, I'm in. I'm in touch with the inner me.
0: You're fun when you're camp. You're not oh, okay. when you're not. I'm Victoria <laughs> felt- Mitzi. I um, collect big collectibles only. <laughs> i the opposite of Ben in every way. Broadcaster, ex Bieber, BBC to you and me. And what everyone does when they leave the BBC, they kind of clamour for their former media glory. So well, They I'm get a fantastic
1: some... house and they move to Devon and they've got a lovely home with their little girl and they have a fantastic time, don't they?
0: Oh, who's that Who's that then, Ben? You. <laughs> and they do media... I'm doing media stuff, I thought I'd put it that media way.
1: Media stuff? You're media kidding yourself. Stuff.
0: I am not too... G seven. G seven was quite good. Is... I did media liaison for that.
1: Oh yeah, you did, oh, the, the, you did actually. What was that? The G thingy jiggy. Mm. Where well, you, your favourites were the Italian delegates. I
0: just didn't. I loved the. Do they pinch smoothies. your bottom? I
1: like love pinching
0: their bottom. I mean, I I love them <laughs> pinching my bottom.
1: Is, is Mitts not in the market for the uh, to play with the big dogs?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't say it like that. You have to say you have to say it with your testicles in the wheelbarrow. <laughs>
1: I don't have to say it. Big
0: dogs. The
1: big dogs.
0: Right. Thanks, everyone. We like you tuning in very yeah. much. But what we need you to do is to fight against the powers that be and the hegemony that is Celebrity Podcast and, dare I say it, BBC Sounds. And like, review, subscribe. Just basically go to our um, Google, you didn't let me finish podcast and like everything, and then write a review and put oh, five stars on it, Jeez, um, and that the then we'll be happy. No regulars, come on, come on, pull your fingers out. It doesn't cost you anything. Like, buy me <laughs> a coffee. They, why buy should they pull coffee. their fingers
1: out? We never do.
0: <laughs> you never do because you like your finger in.
1: Oh, God. Uh, Hug. <laughs>
0: can I ask you what um, Ian said about me on Twitter? Victoria is well-lubbers. What's that mean? I don't know. Oh, OK.
1: Victoria is what?
0: Well-lubbers. L-U-B-B-E-R-S. L- what does that I, mean? Well, uh,
1: the only the only context that I'm aware of the phrase lubber is, is in land lubber, which was a phrase, a disparaging phrase that sailors used to use about those who were not sailors. They were land lubbers. Yes,
0: but we didn't say it.
1: Does it mean resident? Are you a Devon lubber?
0: You're a Cambridgeshire lubber
1: I'm going to Google it
0: You're a part-time lubber I <laughs>
1: am Lover boy <laughs> Oh, it's a big clumsy person
0: <laughs> Oh, in that case, why did I mention it? Thanks a lot, I don't Ian
1: know. Okay, <laughs> is it time to get the editing scissors out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's always time for that
1: Now, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, our old, 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 old friend, Jizzy Jizz. Um, We're going to be talking about a much... Well, I mean, that's, that's a serious story, of course. We're, we're also going to be talking about a very, very sad story, which is uh, Arthur Labinia Hughes, um, the death of the little boy, a six-year-old who was tortured and killed. We're also going to be talking um, on a slightly different tack, and this is a rather crushing gear change here, about a man who slipped and fell on something awkward that went somewhere awkward... Um, and that's what we're going to be doing this week.
0: I forgot to say thank you very much for all your positive comments about Kyle Rittenhouse.
1: Oh yeah, because people no, really you're... liked it. Yeah, baby-faced
0: really assassin. If you want to listen to it.
1: Okay, so Jizzy jiz Hang on, hang Ghislaine on. I've got Maxwell. to add
0: something there. www. Buy dot com forward slash ydlmf.
1: Okay, well done. Oh, you're
0: not going to groan after buy me a coffee.
1: No, I'm not groaning at all. I'm holding back. Cool. You've learned that that's the way that people do these days. If anybody is tragic enough to buy you a coffee now, that's that's the way to
0: show your appreciation. That we don't bother you with other forms of a sponsorship or b joining some begging you for money to listen to our episodes. That's only because we can't find any
1: sponsors, isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah. (laughs) 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 No, actually, that's another thing I've done. There was there was some interest, but it's not gone anywhere.
1: Okay. Mm. So it's we're on to Gizzy Giz, or should that be Jizzy jiz. Giz. Mm. Uh Ghilaine Maxwell's trial. We've been waiting for it for well, dare I say months, weeks. We've been hours, on and Finally it started. So Gillane Maxwell is uh facing eight charges uh, around sex trafficking and grooming teenage girls for abuse by her her former boyfriend, uh, boyfriend her <laughs> former boyfriend, Jeffrey Epstein. Sorry,
0: I laughed through you. Say that again, her former.
1: Her former boyfriend, Jeffrey Epstein, who, of course, was arrested, facing the same charges, but killed himself in prison. Now, she has gone on trial, and she's pleaded not guilty to these eight charges of sex trafficking and, and other crimes. Um, the prosecution case against her is that Jeffrey Epstein couldn't have um, carried out the offences that he did without the assistance of Ghislaine Maxwell. Prosecutors say that um, Ms Maxwell, who has American and French citizenship, recruited and groomed underage girls for Epstein to abuse. Um, District At- Assistant District Attorney Lara Pomerantz said in her opening statement, she preyed on vulnerable young girls, manipulated them and served them up to be sexually abused. So what we're going to do here, we had hoped to have... them up um, on
0: a massage table.
1: We, we had, well, indeed, a massage table, the jury was shown, and we're going to come to that. We had hoped to have, is it Vicky Ward talk to us, who had been in court, unfortunately, for various rather boring reasons that couldn't happen. We'll get back to her later. Oh, well,
0: could I give you all the, the boring time. reasons?
1: Yes, of course. <laughs> no, I'm joking.
0: She is lined up, though, so... Cool, cool. And amazingly wants to join us.
1: <laughs> so... The opening week heard various testimony from uh, the alleged victims of Jeffrey Epstein and uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, but the defense is saying, look, these crimes were carried out by Jeffrey Epstein. He killed himself in prison and because he can't face trial, everybody is looking for a scapegoat. And their their defense case is that Jizzy Jizz is being scapegoated for the trial, uh, the crimes of Jeffrey Epstein. So here are the key moments um the opening statement uh, we've heard about from uh, the prosecutor lara pomerantz um but the defense said that the charges made against Ghislaine maxwell are for things that jeffrey epstein did and she is not jeffrey epstein um now we heard a bit about the, the sort of the, the lifestyles of the disgustingly rich and famous in this one which was um epstein's longtime personal pilot larry Vizosky. Uh, Hey Larry, get us up into the big blue. Larry Vizowski told the court that he flew Jeffrey Epstein around and also on behalf of Jeffrey Epstein flew VIPs to luxury locations worldwide. He recalled flying a Prince Andrew. Oh, we know about him, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump in Jeffrey Epstein's um sort of well on behalf of Jeffrey Epstein, although I should say that neither Prince Andrew, Clinton or Trump are accused of any criminal wrong- wrongdoing in this trial.
0: But they have and been seen describe... aboard the plane. <laughs>
1: yes. They have
0: been spied, but he wasn't allowed to look out of the uh, cockpit. <laughs> he wasn't. It was co- He's closed was the door.
1: <laughs> Can I come into your cockpit? No, you cannot.
0: I got taken into a cockpit.
1: Have you ever seen a grown man naked? We'd better get back now. Did you?
0: Yes, I went on some kind of exchange thing to Berlin when I was about, what would I have been, about 21? And me and my friend were sat at the back of the plane giggling and the pilot requested, the air hostess came over and went, would you two like to uh, come along and, you know, see the cockpit? And we were like, we're a bit old. Aren't we? <laughs> Isn't that for children? And then he was, we went in there and just started giggling and having a great time. And the pilot was, uh, we, just what you'd imagine, he was wearing a polar neck and he was really suave and he was like, hey girls, take a seat. And they put me on this kind of high little sort of pulled down seat where I had to kind of fiddle around to get myself strapped in and quite revealing akimbo fashion. Oh God. (laughs) And so that's who they invited. Maybe it was that guy. Maybe it was, what's his name?
1: Larry Vizosky.
0: Maybe it was Larry Vizosky, kind of jetting (laughs) (laughs) off-ski.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Maybe that was the start of his career. He thought there's the, there's fun to be had here with me and my joystick.
0: <laughs> but we were we totally played up to it all. It was brilliant.
1: Larry Jetinovsky, <laughs> very good. Anyway, um, anyway, so uh, Larry Jetinovsky. Yeah. Was asked to describe um where Miss Maxwell sort of stood in the whole Jeffrey Epstein operation. Sorry. He described her as the number two. <laughs> yes. But then he said Epstein was the big number one. Who's <laughs> it in our so in our podcast, are you the big number one or are you the number two?
0: I think we're both number ones and number twos, aren't we?
1: <laughs> it depends on who's talking.
0: We're a pair of Right, right royal two. turds. Us too.
1: So, so one of so the first of the four women, well, women now, uh, young uh, y- y- girls at the time, the first of the four women who uh, who actually are accusing um, Yelaine Maxwell gave evidence this week using the pseudonym Jane. Although one of the lawyers apparently blabbed her real name in court and was mm-hmm. admonished by the judge. So, using the pseudonym Jane, uh, this woman showed how epstein liked to be massaged and how using the suit the woman who's used used a pseudonym jane said that jizzy jizz Jizz. showed her how epstein liked to be massaged and sometimes took part in the sex jelaine was very casual acting like it wasn't a big deal said jane but on wednesday during defense kind of cross-examination the defense lawyer laura menninger pointed out that Jane now worked as an actress. She says, you're an actor who convincingly portrays someone else for a living. You are able to cry on command, which seems a bit of, a bit harsh. But
0: uh, well, <laughs> we is, I mean, there a is that suggesting that, that nobody it? who's
1: an actor can ever give evidence in court? This is, I mean, this is my favourite one, which is there was apparently, uh, the, the jury has also been told, there was this 58-page instruction manual that was given to anybody who joined the Epstein household as an employee. And they were told this by the former housekeeper, a guy called Juan Alessi, who said that this 58 instruction manual warned them they had to keep Epstein's and Jizzy uh, Jizzy's activities or whereabouts a secret, And it also said that whatever they did, they mustn't look Jeffrey Epstein in the eye. They must avoid all eye contact. Which eye? (laughs) Very good. I know what you're thinking. His his, his one eye. (laughs) Oh, yes.
0: Okay. Right. And that leads us on to our I know we've been down this road before. Our favourite revolting expressions. I couldn't actually say that expression.
1: You, you know, you mustn't look Jeffrey seen in his real eyes or his japs eyes. In
0: fact, I feel that way, the same way that you do about minge.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I hate the word minge. Ooh. <laughs> oh mince. How do you feel about like, queef? What's that? Do you not know what queef is? How do you spell it? Q- well, I don't know really, but I think I assume Q-U-E-E-F.
0: And what does it mean? A lady. It's,
1: it's like a, 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 I suppose the the easiest way of putting it is, a, is to say it's like a vaginal fart.
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> I didn't know that clearly because I'm not guilty of any of them.
1: Oh come on! I bet you're a demon queefer.
0: <laughs> Queef
1: Latifa. Queef.
0: <laughs> and what was the other one that I didn't like? I can say it now because my daughter's out the room.
1: <laughs> End. <Bellend>. That one. <laughs> I don't funny.
0: like douchebag either.
1: Douchebag. I've never really... Douchebag is so American. I I never, you know, until the American pie films or whatever, I never even heard the phrase douchebag. I didn't even know what a douche was. I
0: had the only rude stuff that I could get my hands on when I was a teenager was mostly American.
1: Oh, okay. American filth, not British filth.
0: No, I don't know why. I was obviously deprived. Where were so we? For, oh, yes, so Juan, I wanted to, I wanted to bring the, your the, attention um, to something here. We
1: were on the uh, the witness uh, sort of account of Juan Alessi, who also said, oh. I, don't know, I don't know if they were Alessi-branded products, but the, he also apparently, his job, as well as um, own, uh, being told in this 58-page instruction manual that he could only speak when he was spoken to and he had to avoid eye contact with Epstein, one of his jobs was to was to clean up their sex toys. Did you so not pick what,
0: up on the twin torpedoes? That was the name of the box, Twin Torpedoes.
1: Twin Torpedoes.
0: Oh, do you think Larry the Pilot had Twin Torpedoes? (laughs) Go faster,
1: Torpedoes. (laughs) (laughs) Twin Torpedoes. How
0: grim is that?
1: Bring out the Twin Torpedoes. They were
0: the opposite of those ladies that we featured who accidentally left their... One torpedo, solo torpedo oh, on the table when the carpenter oh, yeah. came round, no,
1: no didn't she leave it stuck onto the wall that was one of them, oh yeah only
0: oh, the other one left it in the background, of course, oh, when you do oh, a on, zoom, when she was
1: doing a, when she was doing a, a zoom interview, yeah <laughs> who's zooming who yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> And then finally, of course, uh, the jurors were shown the, um, the massage table, the green massage table that was seized from Jeffrey Epstein's mansion in Palm Beach in 2005. So this, this massage table has just sat in a warehouse somewhere since 2005 for what, eight or nine years? Eight, Maybe it seven was or borrowed eight years. by another pedo. Is. <laughs> <laughs> and this massage table was sort of like easily collapsible and sort of very, very, you know, very easy, to quickly put up and take down again.
0: Hide the evidence.
1: Well, quite, and <laughs> there's a great. So you know, they have these um, courtroom images shown because there are no cameras in this particular courtroom. And a sort of sketch of Jizzy Jizz looking on with a mask on, while this some guy in a suit is. Busy putting up this massage table and struggling with it like you would a piece of IKEA flat pack furniture.
0: I hope it like snapped down to the floor and everyone groaned because it meant more time. (laughs) <laughs> Snapshot. Ow! do you think it had like you know the way it has a hole for the face do you yeah. think it had a hole for like the winkle bits
1: and the <laughs> a hole for jeffrey's winkle a, a winkle bit- hole glory hole. <laughs> glory hole the massage table glory hole there isn't I, I was actually looking for that there's there's like a sort of central kind of crease which might be sort of glory hole kind of area but there isn't a there isn't a specific glory hole depicted on the massage table
0: Oh, I might just
1: google massage table. What's the table. point
0: of bringing it into court? I don't get it.
1: No, I don't get it either. I mean, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the, uh, sorry, I'm just in the middle part of Googling of massage table with glory hole.
0: You're going to order one for Christmas. <laughs> can, oh, they, they, they do exist. Oh, look
1: at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. Furniture glory hole milking table. Oh, no. Oh, there, there is one just like Jeffrey Epstein's actually. There's a lovely photo there of a, of a lucky lady sitting underneath the table <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a happy gentleman on top. Wow, look at that!
0: Oh no, are you looking at porn?
1: No, well, come on, I'm just looking at Google Images. Just, just, just Google Images: massage table with glory hole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My goodness! My sister could have got a whole load more clients for her reiki that way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, her
1: wanky. Yeah, I, I don't. Oh, look at that! There's a lucky lady there who's sort of like—it's almost like a, a sort of like a cow's udder—and she's sort of like, like draining it into another lucky lady's mouth. That's sweet.
0: I can't see that one. There's all sorts of things going on. Do you have—it's one of those. Oh yeah, <laughs> they look like nurses. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The milking table. Oh, sweet.
0: I don't know if I'd want any of that in my coffee.
1: Oh, there's a guy there who looks like he's in pain. I'd have clouds in my coffee
0: then, wouldn't I?
1: Milking table secrets under the table. Oh, he's not looking very happy at all. Anyway, so so that was the evidence Mm. in the first week. And I think we are looking forward to hearing... Uh, from Vicky, who is in court uh, at at some future date. Yeah,
0: was, Vicky Ward. What I've got to do in research because I haven't had a chance because I've had the plague over the past week. Um, oh, I want gosh. to watch Chasing Ghislaine. I can't say it properly now. Chasing Jizzy, yeah. um, her Netflix thing. So, okay. um, I mean, she's really across it, and she's a she's a very together journalist. She's got a really good track record. So, when we spoke, I was very pleased that she was quite keen to join us.
1: Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, I'd be really keen to speak to. I think it'd be fun.
0: Mm, we've just got to catch her because she's at the trial and our hours are a slightly different state. Well,
1: uh, oh no, state. I'm sure we can figure something out. Anyway, moving on. I think you've got something for us now. So
0: yes. Can... Something that's, I don't think I'm going too far in saying that it's shaken the nation, this crime, the killing of Arthur Labino Hughes. We've recently heard that it's going to be the subject of a national review to protect other children from the same type of evil crime, which has caused the government to take a step back. And certainly people are reeling, if you gauge from the reaction on social media as well, the public outcry. The six-year-old was tortured and killed by his father and stepmother after social workers found no safeguarding concerns Emma Tustin was jailed for 29 years for murder and child cruelty and Thomas Hughes, uh, Arthur's father, got 21 years for manslaughter. Nadine Sahawi said that they'll not rest until they have the answers that they need going more into the crime itself. The crimes that Emma Tustin was accused of was uh, feeding the little boy salt over a prolonged period which escalated and I think that there was a lot of salt ingested towards the time of his death. uh, He was made to stand for hours in a hallway while they, her and her other children, enjoyed things like McDonald's and so on next door. He became very weak, he became very withdrawn, social services visited and found that there was no cause for concern just a few weeks before. Um, what I have seen is is videos that have come from within the house of, they haven't showed the ones of Arthur suffering um, for obvious reasons, but they have showed the couple enjoying McDonald's and ice creams and um, looking really relaxed and laid back when this little boy was effectively dying in the hallway um, where they made him stand.
1: It is utterly sickening. Mm. There's no, you know, no, no two ways about it. It is utterly, utterly sickening. Um, Can I just
0: barely able to stand Arthur folded away his bedding in the living room where his father and new stepmother had been making him sleep on the floor, all the while monitored by CCTV, set up to catch him misbehaving. That was the purpose of the CCTV, which caught them eating their McDonald's uh, next door to this punishment that they were giving him, in inverted commas. And for three months, his life was dictated by this punishment regime enforced by Emma Tustin and Thomas Hughes. His short life had been really difficult. His mother, Olivia Labino Halcrow, had split up with Hughes not long before his second birthday, Arthur's second birthday after she was arrested for killing her abusive partner in 2019. Arthur was left in the sole care of his father. And despite the challenges, he was a happy and cheeky child. You can see that from the photographs. He was adored by his extended family. He loved school, he loved football, he loved superheroes. Uh, Not long after taking responsibility for Arthur, uh, 29-year-old Hughes met Tustin on an online dating site when the UK went into lockdown in March 2020. The new couple made the decision to merge their families at Tustin's home on Cramwell Road in Solihull, where she lived with her own children aged four and five, who were clearly witnesses to these crimes. It didn't take long for things to deteriorate for Arthur. By April, social services and police had paid a visit after referrals from his concerned grandmother, Joanne Hughes, and an anonymous tip-off from Tustin's parents. Um, The 32-year-old was said to have bristled with hostility towards Arthur. Mrs Hughes spotted extensive bruising on her grandson's back and told her that Tustin had slammed him into the stairs, calling him an ugly, horrible brat, the authorities found no cause for concern. Tustin and Hughes manipulated visitors. They told him the bruises were down to play. Hughes had even call Arthur's school and tell teachers that he'd been playing out in the garden, which was a lie. What they concealed was a campaign of violence, cruelty and abuse designed to terrorise, debase and dehumanise the boy who depended on them. Prosecutors noted how the day that Arthur was fatally injured, there was barely an indication that he even lived at number 39 Cranwell Road. Such was his isolation from the rest of the family. He was monitored on CCTV, set up around the home, cameras that would eventually capture Tustin callously trying to administer Calpol to the boy that she'd murdered just out of view in the hallway The hallway where Arthur's heart stopped beating is where he'd spent most of his time during lockdown for up to 14 hours a day. He would stand facing the door deprived of food, drink and affection. He'd stand there alone while his father enjoyed chocolates and other treats in the kitchen with Tustin and her own children. His treasured possessions, including a a favourite blanket, teddy bear and his beloved Birmingham City football shirts, were torn up and destroyed before his eyes by an estranged Hughes as other twisted punishment. He grew weaker and struggled to stand. Arthur would be punished further if he tried to move or sit down in the hallway. While alone, Arthur would often cry to himself, Tustin would record more than 200 clips of him in distress, including two particularly harrowing recordings where Arthur's heard, begging in tears, I want you to feed me, no one's going to feed me, and crying, no one loves me. Tustin sent these recordings to Hughes, who'd respond with violent threats, encouraging his partner to harm his son. Just end him, one message read, I'll sort him when I'm home, said another. Tustin complied, and by the time he died, experts said the extent of Arthur's injuries met the medical definition of child torture. His tiny body bore more than 130 bruises. All the while, Arthur was cut off from those who loved him and could help him. Tustin and Hughes simply kept him out of view. His maternal grandmother, Madeleine Halcrow, said Hughes had stopped her from seeing Arthur since 2019. She was not to see him again until he was fighting for his life in intensive care. Tustin's hairdresser, Catherine Milhench, known as Affie, and her husband, Tobias Jarman, were among the last people to see Arthur alive. Not long after he weakly put away his bedding on the 16th of June, Tustin took Arthur to her appointment at Miss Milhench's his home. The couple was struck by the state of the boy that they'd last seen in February. Then he was quite healthy looking, they told the court. Just a few months later, he was gaunt, malnourished and too weak to hold a glass of water. Mr. German had smuggled him. In his eyes was fear, they'd say, and it soon became apparent why. Like at home, he was forced to stand in the hallway when he failed to stand up straight. Hughes was heard bellowing at his son, threatening to put him six feet under and to rip his head off and use it as a football Shortly after one o'clock that day, the family was back home. Hughes took Tustin's children to the supermarket, leaving his own son in mortal danger. It's thought as soon as they were alone in the house, Tustin forced him to drink a salt slurry in the upstairs bathroom. Poisoned, Arthur would have deteriorated within about 45 minutes. Tustin bombarded Hughes with messages complaining of the child's behaviour as his condition worsened. In a three-minute phone call, Hughes pretended they spoke about balloons for a birthday party, but more likely, prosecutors suggest, he acted as he routinely did when Tustin reported Arthur's behaviour to him, enraged with threats, and encouraging violence. Minutes later, Arthur was unconscious. Tustin had inflicted a catastrophic brain injury by shaking him and repeatedly slamming his head into a hard surface. As he died, she did nothing save take a photo and send it to Hughes. The camera in the living room captured Arthur slumped on the floor. She carried him around the house, plotting how best to arrange him to fit her deception that she was blameless. Eventually, she'd call an ambulance, but it was too late. Arthur died in hospital shortly after... 100 hours the following morning. So what Tustin did in court was refuse to turn up for her own sentencing. I conclude from that that she was completely spineless, a bully, a tyrant and somebody who enjoyed indulging in this little boy's misery. More than that I can't conclude. Can you Ben?
1: Well, I mean, it's the Levi Belfield trick, not turning up for your sentencing because you just want, it's that last way of showing some kind of contempt and trying to show the court you still got some kind of control on your life when obviously, you know, you're about to be uh, put in prison for a very, very long time. Um, those details are just, you know, they are, they are truly heart rending. There is no other way to put it you know you you pause and you take stock and you think how could anybody do that to a small child and such a sweet little boy as well and it puts me in mind of other similar cases we had uh, many years ago uh, Victoria Clombier who was tortured and murdered by her aunt um, and her partner um, they uh, apparently believed that she was um, she had come from the Congo I believe and they 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 felt that she was somehow um, possessed by demons, and they yep. kept her in a in a bag, and they tortured her, kept her in a cold bathroom. They beat her, and eventually she died. And there was another little boy. I mean, it's a case I covered in, in uh, Birmingham. It actually happened in Coventry in, I think, 2012, 2013, a little boy called Daniel Pelka. Uh, and it, we had a similar situation where um, his sort of, you know, his mother, uh, Magdalena Luchak, had um, been treating him cruelly and the the little boy's father marius Kreshlek, had been at work often when the um, the abuse took place and he he was killed and again there is a similar story where these evil manipulative people are able to fool social services such that there isn't an intervention in time that could have saved the child and i think Yes, these are incredibly rare. Um, that they, but they shouldn't take place at all, really. And the review that's been set up hopefully will find a way to to um, to, to to stop this. Uh, the thing is, it's difficult. I mean, what we don't know, of course, is uh, all the ones that go right, where you know there are repeated social worker interventions up and down the country, I'm sure, that do save children and do protect people from cruel abusive uh, parents or step parents or whatever and of course you don't hear about those for for very very good reasons but you only hear about it when it all goes horrifically tragically wrong um, which it did here but you know one death is too many one death of a small child like this is just too many and i i hope this um, review can come to some kind of concrete findings which will help to prevent this in future
0: There are a few things that that stood out to me. I think one of them was our prediction about, you know, we did it jokingly saying that over lockdown tempers are going to become frayed, but I think that these types of crimes tend to be a combination of things, don't they? They are, you know, these two characters obviously fitted in well to act in a kind of merciless bullying way um, towards somebody that they could, pin some kind of victim status on. Um, but it's magnified in lockdown because, yeah, you know, the, the also, you know, children are, can be hidden. You know, there was no, they said that there's no trace of this boy, essentially. He was ostracized from the family. You know, yeah. where was his other family were forbidden from seeing him. But, you know, I asked myself what I would do in that situation and I would be banging on the door. You know, yeah, I'd cause enough of a fuss. Maybe they did. I mean, maybe yeah. this was all just a horrible sequence of events. But, you know, they didn't see him for years. Two yeah. years. So, you know, is that what
1: you well, do? Well, the grandparents, you mean. I mean, it's its yes. incredibly difficult. You know, I mean, should yes, should they have, you know, maybe... Been more robust with the social services and in, in raising awareness of the problems here. I don't know. It's really difficult. I'm sure they will be asking themselves some searching questions too. A, a lot story. of
0: people are left asking a lot of questions about this, and rightly so. And of course, they're reviewing the case. Oh, I better get away from this massage table. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong click um so a national inquiry so at least the severity of it is being taken into account now
1: yes the sever- i think i think you're yeah, right you are um, correct there the severity of it has definitely been acknowledged
0: i did actually have a message just before this from a listener who made a very educated guess that we would be covering this and asking about the review whether it was just going to be lip service papering up the cracks he says because with limited resources it's written how can one improve the system so there's a question
1: yes yeah, so and i suppose that exactly the answer to that question, yeah sorry go the on the answer i suppose the answer to that question is first of all it is very tempting to say if we just throw money at the problem we can solve it um now in this case as far as i can see there was no uh, there was plenty of contact with social services. Social services were aware of Arthur Labigno Hughes. He wasn't somehow kept under the radar because nobody ever visited his home. There was um, people who knew of his existence. So is it a question of resources or is it a question of competence? And these are things that the review needs to look at. I mean, but yes, he was, I'm sure. He was
0: telling people that his father was trying was going to kill him. Yeah. They couldn't ignore it, that. I mean, I well, wonder how much more it takes. It would be...
1: It, it, the thing is, I mean, you know, it would be lovely if we just had unlimited funds for social services. Unfortunately, we don't. And of course, there are so many very, very worthy causes demanding, um, you know, the taxpayer pound. Um, the difficulty, I think, is not so much. I mean, you know, if, for those of us who have worked in public services in whatever form, we'll know that there can be waste, there can be lazy people, there can be incompetent people, and this is much more, I think, about finding a way to manage the systems that are there to ensure that lazy, incompetent people are not put in positions where their laziness or incompetence can lead to the tragic things we've seen here. Now, that is on top of the idea that, yes, if there is a funding issue, it absolutely should be addressed 100%. But I think it's kind of a bit lazy just to say, well, let's just increase funding and it will be fine. I think when you look at this and you know that these people and Daniel before him and uh, Baby P. And Victoria Columbia mm. they all had contact with social services social services weren't not aware of them because they had no social workers to go what happened was the social workers were um reassured by these conniving deceitful people who can be very very convincing um the, the, the teachers were convinced um, you know when uh, his mother called in and said as, as you explained that he injured himself playing in the garden um, and, and it's it's it, there must there, there needs to be i think a, a, a real look at how those professionals can be better trained to spot these more nuanced and difficult to see uh, tr- um, telltale clues if you like I, th- I think you know yes more resources of course would be good and when you say more resources that might mean more money spent on better training and that would be very good and very important. But just saying we need more social workers may not necessarily be um, the answer. Maybe we just need better trained social workers.
0: Well, I think whatever is going to happen needs resources and there aren't the resources. I, I, I took the message to mean that. And I concur. I, uh, you know, I'm very glad that I haven't had to have had the involvement with social services. Not that I think it, it won't work. Um, because I'm hoping it does work with parents, but I think that these parents who are off the scale are going undetected and I'm wondering what's going wrong there. So I hope the um, the resources can, due to this commitment for a review, be administered and, and implemented in the right way. I don't know. I mean, it's it's bigger than I have the capability to apply my brain to. What I do know is that these people could have given this boy up, but they chose to target him. Yes, you know. absolutely. Um, so, I mean, it's so awful. yes, and we we wonder, you know, it will take a, a more of a look and I'm sure that happened in the trial which is probably more than we have access to, that the this woman particularly, you know, there's no smoke without fire, maybe she suffered similar behavior that sometimes happens. You know, she she clearly can't have been a happy individual to want to do that. and how to segue to our next item now. How about going on to missing person stuff? Guys, we okay, haven't everything. forgotten you. And thank you very much for your contact. Martin, who says that his most interested case was Madeleine McCann. And, um, and he enjoyed our interview with Mark Williams Thomas about that. He asks a question to us. Saying, which famous person would you most like to see go missing? Oh God!
1: (laughs) Uh, In Uh, keeping with the podcast, thanks, Martin. I'm I'm not sure I want to say. I'm I'm just—I've got my ruler out. and I'm just measuring 170 millimeters. Uh, I don't care. I I, no, I don't. I don't know any fame. I don't know. I don't follow. No politicians. um, Sorry.
0: No politicians.
1: Who's rubbish? I don't know. Louis Spence, perhaps.
0: Oh. I think he's gone missing already, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, quite. I think he's doing panto in Swindon. <laughs>
0: Do you know, my life wouldn't change one iota if any of those reality TV people, in the jungle people, went missing.
1: Exactly, yeah, that's right. Antor they... Deck. I mean, maybe Antor Deck could go missing Deck. and the other one would just have to be cloned.
0: Oh, I quite like it when they have misery in their lives. I enjoy that. <laughs> um, okay. Right, why were you measuring 170 centimet... Was it millim? Millimeters,
1: yes, yes. yes. So oh, this, not centimeters. Yowch. <laughs> so it, it's it's always you know slightly sad when a man has to make up some kind of excuse as oh, to is why it made something. Oh, up? The, is it when, made up? When, when something has got stuck up his bottom. The headline is um, "Bomb
0: Squad Called Gloucestershire uh, Royal Hospital After Man Gets uh, World War Two Mortar Stuck Up His Bottom."
1: So this 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 so this man claims that he was having a clear out in his loft. And he's a, he's a military collector collection enthusiast. He found the shell while clearing out, but somehow tripped and fell onto it and it went up his bottom. This round is like 57 millimetres in diameter, which is probably about, I don't know, the width of your fist, maybe? Maybe a little bit less than that. And it's 170 centimetres uh, millimetres long, which is about the length of a long pen, about the length of a pencil. 170 millimetres long. it's about, yeah, it's about the thickness of a can of Coke. But, okay. but I believe it comes to a point at one end. Brings
0: water to the eyes.
1: Yeah, well, quite. But there are always, I, I remember a few years ago, reading in a, mili- uh, a military, a medical kind of journal, about, you know, penile injuries sustained from vacuum cleaners. And the sort of the case studies were sort of like a, a 67-year-old I don't know, railway signalman said that he was vacuuming in his signal box when somehow his penis was sucked into the end of the vacuum cleaner. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: well, they always tumble right. onto the object, on, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> a source told yeah. the sun.
1: <laughs> I love the closing line of the pieces. He said, oh, un- hang on, a
0: source told the sun, he says, he said he put it on the floor and then he slipped and fell on it and it went up his A star, star, star.
1: The the unsteady patient was released from hospital and is expected to make a full recovery so long as he does not trip and fall onto any more artillery shells.
0: But a spokesman for the Gloucestershire Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust says we can confirm that the police and explosive ordnance disposal team attended Gloucestershire Royal Hospital yesterday.
1: (laughs) I love the way that... So this guy comes to hospital with with his shell stuck up his bottom. And all these you know, military kind of, you know, um, bomb disposal experts are rushed to the hospital. Or should because... they be called bomb there's, disposal? There's, there's, there's a concern it might go off. <laughs> I mean, what if it had gone off? A, would have, what an idiot.
0: It, like, on. It would have
1: blown the top of his body off, I guess.
0: Oh, great. I
1: mean, if it, depending, assuming it fired upwards.
0: Does it say how old he is? Oh, my God. God. No, it doesn't. The actually, patient doesn't had presented it. with a munition in his rectum. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Why does I it mean, always
0: come out? Come down to the Hoover story.
1: I don't know. It's, 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 yeah. it's the,
0: right <laughs> on that base note. <laughs> you didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com our regulars know it by now and it's on the shoulders of our regulars to like review subscribe do whatever you do on our podcast page please uh, so you can send us soaring up the charts because apparently that's what it takes uh, we appreciate each and every one of you and thank you very much for all the new followers and comments and and, and we've got
1: we're having a little Christmas break, aren't we?
0: Yeah, we are we are having a Christmas episode though, not until we've done our Christmas special, which yeah, will be bi-weekly as usual. And then we'll have a little break until what date did we decide?
1: Sorry, yeah, the week started the 17th, actually. My mistake. The
0: week started yeah. the 17th, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um yeah, that'll give us a chance to work on the missing persons and all the stuff that's been sent in, as well as getting Vicky on. To our next episode as well. Mm -hmm. All right, lovely jumpy.
1: Yeah, cool. Okay, bye everybody. You take care
0: now. Bye. (laughs)